Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Zoomers. As you can see, I'll be speaking on passage we just read today, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18. Um, so my plan, I, oh, by the way, Zoomers and uh, Kim, I might move around a bit, so I don't know if you want to keep me in wide lines or, I don't know, but I might move, I don't know, I'm a mover. Um, so uh, my plan today is to talk a little bit about this passage for maybe about 10 minutes, and then we'll do a Lectio Divina on this passage. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Lectio Divina, it's a divine reading or a, kind of a slow pondering of the passage. We'll read it multiple times with a prompt between the, for each reading and seeing what God might speak to us individually and collectively. And then after we do that, we'll collect in uh, small groups for about 10 minutes and just talk about what came up for you. And, and then Gordy will come and Benedict us, and I think he has a couple other announcements. So that's kind of the map uh, for today. Um, so let's get into it. A few thoughts about this passage here. So um, just a little background. Uh, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, where this passage is situated. Um, Luke writes his Gospel with a particular bent towards the poor towards the despised, towards the outcast, the downtrodden. Um, we see often in Luke the reversal of worldly fortunes. For example, in Luke 1, we have Mary announcing that God is going to be lifting up the poor and the humble and bringing down the rich and powerful. Luke 4, Jesus announces the gospel is good news to the poor. So this is reversing the conventional wisdom of the time that um, uh, God is blessing the rich and curses the poor. So who are the poor here? Who are the poor in Luke's gospel? Who is he referring to? Well, he's referring to, as you might imagine, the physically poor, those who are monetarily poor, and also those who are poor in spirit. And poor in spirit, meaning in part, those who have realized their utter dependence on God and their need of Him, need of His mercy, need of Him for their salvation and deliverance. People who are poor in spirit also are, usually demonstrate a, have a humble or repentant countenance or state about them. And we see that, I think, in this passage here with this tax collector. He's not physically poor, but we can probably agree he's on the way, or at least trending towards being poor in spirit at the very least. I think this passage would indicate a kind of a deep repentance is happening, a recognition of his own failings, a deep need for God's mercy. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so we see in this passage, those that humble themselves, those who are poor in spirit, those who throw themselves on the mercy of God for their salvation, for their justification, they are lifted up, they are exalted. In contrast to those whose hearts are far from humble, as this Pharisee's heart is. In contrast to, to those who do all the right things, thinking that their righteous actions earn them the right 
to stand before God as righteous. So this passage says, along with the surrounding passage, passages surrounding this one, um, we see examples of people who are getting in, or who Jesus says are getting into the kingdom of God. We have a persistent widow. We have humble and repentant tax collectors. We have little children. These are all examples of people who had little status in the society. People uh, are humans who were dismissed, despised, looked down upon. In contrast the, to the rich and powerful, the religiously proud and smug, the ones who had grace, great status in their day, the one who, who's believed, uh, who were believed to have the fast track into heaven. Jesus says these people, these rich and powerful, the religiously smug are going to have a very difficult time getting into the kingdom of heaven. The exaltation, the lifting up of the poor and humble, the bringing down, the humbling of the rich and powerful. I mean, we know we've seen Jesus uh, many times in the Gospels hanging out with the poor. He loves hanging out. He prefers hanging out with the poor um, than the rich and powerful. He actually is rebuking the Pharisees constantly for their hypocritical, showy ways, their self-righteous religious behavior. Now, it's not to say that the tax collector's behavior is really any better. They were notoriously corrupt. They cheated people on their taxes. But they were not beyond redemption, as we can see here. I mean, we have uh, Matthew, the writer of the Gospel of Matthew. He was a tax collector, as well as Zacchaeus, Many people might know that story. Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He climbed a tree to, uh, so he could get a good view of Jesus. And then Jesus called him down so that he could hang out with him and have dinner with him. Now, here, in our tax collector, he can't even look up to heaven. He beats his breast, um, breast, breast rather. Uh, and this would have been an action that would have signified a deep sorrow and repentance. He cries out. For God's mercy. He's convicted of the wrong he has done and his need for God's mercy. So I think this indicates a heart change here, as we see in Zacchaeus. When he's called down from the tree, if you know that story in Luke 19, Jesus says, I'm going to your house for supper. And Zacchaeus says, You know what? I'm going to give away half of all my wealth. And um, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay them back four times. So, yeah, there's something internally going on there. Now, the Pharisees' internal mechanism, his heart, well, they're generally, generally the Pharisees weren't open to this kind of heart change. They loved the praise of people. You could say they were the preening peacocks of religious pretension, if you like. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was... Yes, please. I'm just, this is... Anyway... That might have been a bit much, I don't know. That would have been much. <laughs> Thanks. Precisely. Anyways, they love putting on a show of their religiosity. How good am I? I'm so much better being righteous than you. Look at all the rules. Imagine a scroll rolling out through the aisle that I can keep and you can't. But we see here, Jesus is not concerned about rules so much. He's, 
he is more concerned about, and therefore God is more concerned about what's going on in the inside than any kind of show that we can put on on the outside. I mean, this is backed up in other passages in Scripture. Psalm 51. You did not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You did not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, a humble heart. You, God, will not despise. You will not look away. You will accept this. Now, this is not to say that our actions do not matter. It doesn't matter at all what we do. I mean, fasting and tithing that the Pharisee was doing, I mean, those are good things. But the intention here of the Pharisee is he was using it as a righteous checkbox, I would, I would posit. It's basically to show, look at me, I've got all my righteous ducks in a row, as it were. This is, I've justified myself on my own merit. Look, everyone, look, God. This is how good I am. He misses the point totally of loving the poor, the downcast, the, the downtrodden. He misses his own need of God's mercy. He doesn't see the need to beat his own breast and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus pushes back against the Pharisees' righteousness in Matthew 5, saying to everyone, you know what? Unless your righteousness is better than the Pharisees, is better than all the laws they keep, and then the laws they've added on top of the laws, unless you can do better than that, you're not getting into the kingdom of heaven. Now imagine you're a first century Jew, and you hear that from Jesus, and you think, this these Pharisees are my example. They are the ones, the, the, the holders of the law. They, they're instructors of good living. And if they don't have a hope, what hope do I have? Well, the hope of someone like the tax collector who beats his breast and says, God, have mercy. The hope of a humble heart, which is better and more acceptable to God than a thousand bulls sacrificed better than a thousand prayers uttered aloud for everyone to hear and, and see, better than blogging about your 40-day fast in order to get uh, attention and praise from other people of how pious you are or spiritual points from God. A righteousness is nothing that we've done. Uh, we, and we too, like the tax collector, need God's mercy, which... And this, as you kind of really start to think about it, um, is remarkable. God delights to show mercy. And I think it contrasts a lot of thinking, at least, you know, I have to reset my own mind and catch myself. You know, God doesn't delight in throwing judgmental thunderbolts. That He delights in showing mercy. It's, it's amazing. It really is amazing when you stop think about it. And He delights to show mercy. And this is the God we worship, who justifies us freely, not on our own merit, thank God, for that. Um, but through what Jesus has done. And this is a humbling thing, because, I mean, I, I like to be able to earn things in this life. I like to be able to do things to earn something, and there's nothing I can do or any of us can do to do that, to earn his merit. So when we humble ourselves, God lifts us up. That's what we're called to do. 
So, um, that's a few thoughts on that passage. Uh, I'd like to lead us into a lectio on this passage now. So, um, again, it's a practice for those that aren't familiar, not so common maybe in evangelical circles. Uh, maybe more recent times it's becoming more common, but historically it's, it's not been so common. So what we're going to do is read this passage. I'll read it three times slowly going through it. And we're going to pause a few minutes between each reading uh, to reflect on uh, the passage in a little different way. And then at the end, we'll gather in uh, small groups here for about 10 minutes just to share what's come up for you. Um, so, the first time through, what I'd like you to do is listen. As I read the passage, listen for a word or phrase that attracts you. Allow it to arise from the passage as if it's God's word for you today. And so sit in silence and repeat that word or phrase in your head. Okay? So, read the passage here. Luke 18, 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let's take a few minutes. Okay. So the second time through, we've listened. Now let's ponder. As I read the passage again, ask how this word or phrase speaks to your life. Why has it connected with you? Think about it carefully. Don't worry if you get distracted. Maybe part of your response to offer to God. Sit in silence and try to work out or frame, construct a single sentence that begins to say aloud what this word or phrase means to you or says to you. Okay, so think about it um, and try to 
start to construct a sentence. What does this word or phrase uh, mean to you today? Is it helpful to, ha to have the text up there to meditate on while you sit in silence? Okay, I'll, I'll move it back there. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. Okay, so for a third time, we've listened, we've pondered, and now let's pray. So as I read the passage for the last time, ask yourself what Christ is calling you or inviting you into. Is, is there something that you need to do or consider or relinquish or take on as a result of what you believe God is saying to you. In the silence that follows the reading, pray for the grace of the Spirit to plant this in your heart. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted.
Okay. Um, so, if you would like to, uh, please gather in groups with people around you and take about uh, 10 minutes to talk about what's come up for you. Um, no obligation, of course. And if you feel so led to pray for one another, um, you can do that as well.